Hey folks, if you've been tuning in over the last couple months, you've heard all about the Game Time app and how it can save you some serious cash on last minute tickets to sports, concerts, and all types of shows. Yeah, it's incredibly user friendly. It's got the two ta- uh, the two tap feature. It just makes it in and out. You get those tickets really quick. It's simple, and it's also, by the way, too. It's not just games. It's concerts. It's theater. It's anything you need tickets for because. Those buildings want you inside. Right. And that's why right before the game starts, the concert starts, the show starts, whatever it is, tickets plummet. The bottom falls out of the whole deal up to 60% off. You can get these things at game time. And game time now, Andy, they're hooking you up for the holidays with a $10 credit. And here's what you do. You download the game time app in the Google Play or the App Store. And you go on the, you click on the My Tickets section of the app, create an account. And then under the billing section, uh, you use the redeem code, The Athletic. Once again, that's The Athletic, all one word, for $10 off your first purchase. That's free money, people. Free money. Credit is only available for the first 1,000 people who redeem the code, and it expires at the end of the year. That's December 31st, 2019. So make your moves quick and score last-minute tickets. All right, welcome to episode nine of the Magic Hour. It's Thursday, Andy. It is not Monday when we normally publish our shows, but it is Thursday, December 12th. And uh, the Lakers are uh, on their, now they're in Miami, right? Yes. They're there. Oh, they're getting there early. Yeah. That's LeBron's town. So it's the Miami Friday night, second game of the five game road trip. Lakers got off on a good foot on uh, Wednesday night. In Orlando, they continue to be undefeated uh, on the road. If the road means places you have to get on an airplane to go play, basically lo- the minute outside they le- Staples Center, yeah, they, they have not lost outside of Staples Center. So they go into Orlando. They win that game, ninety six to eighty seven. LeBron James triple double uh, with uh, twenty five points, eleven rebounds, ten assists. He really was the catalyst on a slow night for uh, Anthony Davis, at least scoring the ball. He had sixteen points, twelve rebounds, six assists, two blocks two steals it's not like he was just lounging about uh but he did not score the ball well the lakers didn't score the ball well davis only six of 20 um a lot of people very fussy andy after this game uh, about like the way that they won because the lakers were up 26 to 9 at the end of the first quarter they were up 42 to 18 about halfway through the second quarter and then uh they got a little sloppy uh eight turnovers in the second quarter fair to say they they allowed Orlando back into the contest. Yeah, I mean, and and something that Laker fans do have to recognize, Brian, is as great as the Lakers have been this season, and, you know, with everything that they're aspiring to have happen this year, their championship goals, you're not going to destroy everybody you play. Well, no. It, I mean, it's just not the way the That's league not the works. Way, right, exactly. And Orlando is not a great team, but they have been good at home. Eight and four going into the game. And also, too, like, and th- these are truly first world problems, but there can be such a thing as too early to build up your 24-point lead. Like, the earlier you build it up, the harder it actually becomes to maintain yes, that I thing mean, over, like, over yeah. like, you know, there's a discipline to almost it. three right. quarters. That's there's, hard to maintain. There's sort of a discipline to it where, like, and we've all been there. Like, you're like a kid and you, 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 you're sent in to clean your room. 
and you kind of clean your room and you do it. And then you're like, you know, you're maybe, maybe when mom and dad peek into the room, they'll sort of see it and be like, all right, that's good enough. And you can go play or whatever. I think that's kind of what the Lakers did. Like maybe Orlando, like we're up 42 to 18. They know really they're not going to win this game. And ultimately, the Lakers, anytime it re- you really wondered what was going to happen, the Lakers were clearly the better team. Well, they, they especially he, down the stretch, but like they, they clearly like wondered eh, maybe they'll go away. And Orlando didn't go away. And then they just started screwing around, like in just trying to make one extra pass and drive through some to, you know, make the pass through th- too much traffic instead of just make a simple play, get a bucket. And, and move on. They, you know, eight turnovers to an athletic team like Orlando that doesn't score the ball well on their own. Well, if you help them out like that, they're going to come back and the Lakers made a game of it. Yeah. And LeBron in the fourth quarter really took over there. There was a point where it was tied up 71 each at the, at the beginning of the quarter. About 1048 left in the fourth. And LeBron essentially went on a 10-0 run himself. He, he accounted for every basket, either by scoring it or setting it right. up. And he created some separation that essentially put the Lakers over the top. I will say this, though. This game, though, reminded me of something you and I have talked about before, Brian. Just the idea that LeBron and Anthony Davis are playing at a level right now that they don't need a ton of help, but that help needs to come. And especially on a night where Anthony Davis struggles with his shot, and then from there, the next highest guy is KCP with 15 points. KCP had a really good yeah, game. Yeah, nice. Four, seven, yeah, three-point range. I don't mean to tell Steve Clifford how to do his job, but at some point, probably should have guarded him in the corner. Like, that that became his spot. But from there, nobody else was in double digits. And, you know, there were a few guys who, frankly, just didn't take enough shots to get there. Like, those are the reminders that this team, everybody else does need to put forth the requisite production or you're going to find yourself in a game that may be closer than you want it to be. Or, you know, you're looking at holding Orlando to 87 points well, right. and ro- wondering why you're not running away with well, it. Well, they won by the, the spread on this game was eight and a half. The Lakers covered like for all the 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 consternation on Lakers Twitter. And people are getting real angsty these days because, you know, there's just there's this big picture focus of this. Sh- and, and this is true. This should have been a game. That LeBron and AD did yes. not have to play thirty-eight and thirty-seven, and that minutes. matters. It does matter, um, and it's a missed it's a missed opportunity in that regard, uh, and you don't want to make a habit out of that. But I mean, I, to your point that you were making before, Andy, I think what it does when one of those two guys doesn't score, and they don't get it from other people, and Kuzma didn't play, Rondo didn't play, um, Avery Bradley coming back from the injury missed you know most of a month. I believe it was on a 20-minute limit. So, I mean, I like, think it, was, it was supposed to be uh, Mike Trudell who uh, covers the Lakers. Right, way, 15, way. It was a 15. And he played, I think it was he 15, played 17 he played 17, minutes. but it was around 15 to 20, whatever it was. You know, so the, they were, the, the rotation was a little weird. They were a little shorthanded and all that. What it does is one of those two guys doesn't score. The Lakers had been showing we can win by outscoring you or we can win by locking you down. When Davis or James isn't having a good night, and LeBron, the line looked great in the fourth quarter. Was great. Still was eleven twenty four. It was not an efficient night for 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 LeBron at all. And he was only two of five from the line. Lakers as a team were terrible from the free throw line. Ten of nineteen didn't get there very much. It means they can only win by playing that high intensity lockdown defense, which is great, and very satisfying to watch. I think for a lot, you know, a lot of people, it's great to see that they have it. But it's also the harder way to do it, and so. Again, it's like it's an 82 game season and there are going to be nights where you don't want to have to win that way. 
So um, that's what they that's what they have to become when Davis is off. When Davis is six of twenty, LeBron is an inefficient eleven of twenty four. They become a team that has to win by holding another guy group down to eighty seven points. Yeah, and you mentioned before that Rondo and Kuzma didn't play in this game, and you know. There was a lot of, uh, I'd say, hand-wringing about Rondo's return in the beginning of the season because they began without him, and Rondo did not play well last year. And, you know, the, sort of the effect that he could have on the team. I remember in particular, you were very skeptical about the idea of, you know, how much will Rondo help? How much do they need him? Will he actually hurt? And what we've seen this year is on this team with this setup, which is different than, than last year's, they need Rondo more. And to his credit, he's been playing more. Like something that stood out to me in yesterday's game, only one assist among the reserves. Like, mm-hmm. and those those are like the type of things that you miss when Rondo's. And not it belonged available. to noted ball distributor Dwight Howard. Yes. <laughs> well, you know, somebody's got to step up in Rondo's absence. Yeah. It's just in, you know, and obviously, you know, there's look, there's a lot we want to get into today, and that there's there's a lot going on in this road trip. Um, but like we've got Baby Yoda on our schedule tonight. We've got the Hallmark Christmas yeah, our, quiz. Yeah, uh, our annual Hallmark Christmas like, movie quiz. Where like uh, that's tonight. Like there's I a lot Brian to titles. get into. I give Brian titles, and Brian tries to guess the plot based off the title. But I've added a little twist this Ooh, year. A twist. Mm-hmm. Twist. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, there's a lot of ground to cover. But like this, it is it is worth noting that Rondo hasn't hurt, and there's it. I think what you said that was important there, Andy, was this team. Like one of the reasons that Rondo had to play 25 minutes a night last year, because as it was sort of explained to me, the coaching staff realized that if you play him 12 minutes a night, he actually does like three times the damage because he's so <laughs> irritated that he's only playing 12 minutes that he he just he he annihilates the time. He goes scorched earth on that time. So if you play him more, you actually get better results. This year, and granted, he's been hurt a lot and and all that. Not only is the supporting cast around him more able, I think, to to kind of take advantage of his skill set, you know, as it were. Um, it's also a better team defensively, so some of his shortcomings are papered over, uh, as it is for a few guys on the team. And also, you just can't f around like this like when when a team is 22 and 3 and everybody knows how good they are and LeBron is working his ass off and AD is trying to become defensive player of the year and you guys got you have guys like Alex Caruso and Avery Bradley whoever who are you know that's like they're not it's not performative with them this is how they do it um effectively not effectively you can't fault the effort like Rondo you you, you got to at least step into the role to be credible there so you can stay on the floor and then from there Obviously, LeBron likes playing with Rondo. Yeah, and, and that and, means that matters. And look, he gets they, a vote. They actually need Rondo's playmaking in that second unit. They like do. last year, they had more guys who, at least on paper, could make plays. And this year's roster was set up the opposite. They brought, you know, there was more of an emphasis on shooting, and they don't have as many of those guys. And it was really evident. Rondo's first game, if you remember, against Phoenix, he had seven assists in fourteen minutes. Yeah. So, you know, they they, they miss not having him out there. I think regardless of whatever raw or advanced numbers are out there, just like in terms of functionality. He doesn't hurt him. I mean, no. like, I, I don't have him in front of me, but I mean, the, the the Rondo effect has not been what it was last year. We feel like it was like, it was, it was really negative. And it, then it was one of the 
more negative players in the league. Yeah, and then stop me if you've heard this before, but Kyle Kuzma dealing with injuries that may be regressing his development as a player, or at the very least is regressing his ability to get into a groove this year. Yeah, and it's... I think we covered this on Monday. It it doesn't matter now, right? Right now, what the Lakers are showing is like the like we said, the analog is Shaq and Kobe. It's not the the LeBron dream team. It's not the big three in in Golden State. It's a bunch of really effective, hard nosed role players who fit nicely around two of the best players in the game. And right now, if you took an MVP vote, Giannis would win, and I think rightly so. But two and three are probably LeBron and AD. LeBron showing why he probably would get voted ahead of AD. Showed that on Wednesday in Orlando. Maybe Harden sneaks in between one of the two. So, okay, fine. You have two of the four. Like, you don't need a a big three when you have two of the four best players in the NBA. Where you may need that, though, is the playoffs. And, you know, because Doc Rivers or whomever you get on the Eastern Conference, whatever it is, you can't scheme. LeBron and Anthony Davis out of a series. That that doesn't happen, but you can make one of them less effective for stretches of games, for whatever it might be. And at that point, you need a, a third guy. And where at the beginning of the season, when I was doing like when we were doing our preseason predictions, we touched on this a little bit, but I thought the Lakers, are they going to be able to lock down enough? Well, the answer is th- yes, and but they'd be able to score a ton. That's been a little shaky. And the Clippers... They've got actually that big three when the fourth quarter rolls around because they have Lou Williams, who is a star in the fourth quarter. Like he qualifies. Yeah. Oh, anybody. Right. I don't care if he's not like an all NBA guy. No, he's one of the best fourth quarter scores in the league. Right. And so that's where it's going to matter. And if it's not Kuzma, how the Lakers, but like that's a game, that's 57 games from now plus a couple rounds uh, so that, you know they have time to figure this out and Kuzma obviously has time to uh, to pick it up himself as well uh, LeBron though LeBron kind of chalked the the performance up to the first game on a five game swing and bodies being body clocks being a little off and they let the foot off the gas and and all this other stuff and you know it's it's a bit of sort of an excuse but it's also I buy that you know I mean it's just you don't they won by nine. You win a game by nine in the NBA, you're good to go. No, it, it, last night last night's game was nothing to get upset about. If you're a fan, it just it's it's it like I like said, it was were, though. Well, I mean, look, Laker fans have been waiting a long time to feel this confident about their team and to be able to you know act in the arrogant entitled ways that you know they were doing even when the team was lousy That's true. but it was just harder to sell like now they're in this place where whether you like it or not right and if it, it, but it makes they can it crow. because they are they they are obviously one of the elite teams in the NBA so you know again everybody stays healthy you know where this is going it's going to a conference finals or a, co- a great conference semifinal match or whatever you're going back to the place where the stakes are high and to some degree, because the Western Conference just isn't as strong as we anticipated, like the Lakers right now, especially if they get through the rest of the strip, you beat Miami uh, in Miami, and now at worst you probably got a three and two trip because I don't think they're going to lose to Atlanta, and you know even if you lose both to it, Indiana and Milwaukee, which could happen, those are good teams, you still come back and you're three and two off that trip. You've probably got a four or five game lead in the conference. 
I mean, the Clippers aren't going to go balls out to try to catch them. As long, you know, they'll, they're happy with the number two, and I don't think anybody else can. So all Lakers fans have now is that what if worrying about June? It's December. Like, no, but, it's a long time but to here's be worrying. the thing, though. Again, when you've been this excited at the opportunity to possibly get back no, to the I, championship. No, I get it. One, I'm not. You I, look, I get it. You look for any, anything. Any cracks. And that's that's where you get back to the uh, the, the uh, LeBron and AD playing a lot of minutes. The other thing that I, I, I am wondering what they'll do, and this is another one of these first world's problems. Kyle Kuzma isn't playing well. Um, he's banged up again. He's got 57 games to figure it out, and the Lakers are 22-3, and three, even though he really hasn't contributed that much. First world problem. Next first world problem, Avery Bradley is back. Speaking of cracks, because he had one in his leg. See what you did there. No, I was actually going to try to. Uh, I know. I, I'm sorry. I saw you didn't get to jump in with that earlier. Yeah, you stepped on it. I didn't step on it. I didn't even know it was coming. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like we had I that mean, script. That was like such no, a. No, it was in my head. Right, but it's not like. It, but in fairness, it's not like it was such a great joke that I should have been like, he's going to tell the crack joke. No, I know. Um, <laughs> I, I nonetheless apologize. It's <laughs> the right mood. <laughs> I mean, on the whole. I still feel terrible. Ambiance. I feel terrible about Thank it. Thank you. Um, Sometimes it's, it's you just want to feel hurt. It's a good joke. Very unusual. Um, you know, you you are back to a first world problem. Let's Rondo comes back in the next few games. You've got too many guards who sort of aren't Danny Green. And even if Green plays 20, 20 to twenty five a night, which at this point in the season he's probably fine with, you've got to figure out Caruso, Bradley. KCP, who seems to be far more effective as a starter than a reserve. I, I was going to say, I mean, Avery Bradley didn't re-enter the starting lineup in Orlando. I mean, if for no other reason, practical purposes, because he's on a minutes limit. Right. You don't want to make one of your starters. Play, I mean, unless it's Jimmy's LeBron. Up the, right, right. Jimmy's up the entire thing. Right. Unless it's LeBron or Anthony Davis or somebody that's like, clearly that guy has to start. You're not going to put him back in the starting lineup. But there's eventually a point where Avery Bradley is going to be, you know, off a minutes restriction. I would keep KCP in the starting lineup. I, I at this point, I don't even think it's a debate. Like I would, I would feel bad for Avery because Bradley. the Lakers are better, or because KCP Both. is better. I, I first of all, I think the Lakers end up better because you get a better version of KCP. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, you improve your roster, and I don't think it's going to matter to Avery Bradley one way or the other. I'm not sure he gets a vote. Well, I don't think. I mean, I mean, I, mean, I don't mean that to be like dismissive. I'm just saying, like, if they're winning games, Avery Bradley doesn't have the juice to. Sure, him. but I also th- I also don't think he's going to care as long as he gets his minutes. I mean, like you know, obviously he'd rather start. All guys would rather start unless they're Robert Ory. But like Avery Bradley is not going to cause a fuss over it. He's going to get his minutes. He'll probably still find himself playing fourth quarters down the stretch. But KCP has maybe I'm not. You see, that's the thing. It's like how Vogel does this. Okay, let me rephrase him really quickly. Uh-huh. He will not find himself playing any fewer fourth quarters than I think he would if he got put back into the starting lineup. That part I agree with, because I don't think they're... Vogel's not... Uh, pre, not with those guys. He's not dogmatic at all. I mean, Caruso started playing fourth quarters before he started playing second quarters. Um, <laughs> it's true. That was weird. It was. That was an odd That was an odd moment. But, like, it's... You just... You have this setup now where they're really good down the stretches of games with Alex Caruso playing. Um, defensively, they have more length if KCP is on the floor. Um, if what if Kuzma ends up in a position where he really is, uh, capable like in playing well enough, you know, he goes small and now Kuzma's on the floor. Like Danny Green's going to play, 
you might only have one of those guys sure. out there. So, you know, the, the Vogel, who has been almost like, you know, for, for Dodger fans, recognize this, like really good at making sure everybody gets a little bit of time. Nobody on that Dodger bench sits very long. Everybody plays that fourth day. And, you know, Troy Daniels gets swapped out for Quinn Cook for those nine minutes or whatever. He's really good about getting everybody on the floor enough. Jared Dudley played Wednesday night in Orlando. When everybody's healthy, though, that's going to, someone's going to get squeezed. And, you know, these aren't your star players, but it becomes a minutes management thing. He's going to do a little massaging and coaching and all that. It's going to get a little bit harder. First world problems, if they win, it doesn't matter. It's just something to watch. It's going to be I, different, a little I, bit harder. I completely agree with that. I mean, the, you know, this is why Frank Vogel gets paid the money that he does, and and most coaches would kill to be in that position. I just think, in particular, that that issue with Avery Bradley coming back. I mean, where he checks into the game, I I would keep KCP as a starter, right? And I, I just don't see. I don't. I don't know how you take start taking Alex Caruso out of games in fourth quarters. I mean, the guy, honestly, the guy who really ends up maybe getting squeezed here is Kuzma. Could get you know, probably like you know he's only and we had I, I you know people who who uh, follow us you know that we both work at uh, ESPN LA the the um, radio ESPN station. affiliate the radio station in, in LA uh, we carry the the Lakers games here and uh, we had Brian Windhorst in on Tuesday and he made the point like the coaching staff's opinion of Kyle Kuzma is evidenced by the amount of playing time he gets and he's he's not playing 29, 30 minutes a game he's playing twenty one or twenty two. That tells you what they think about, you know, the value and what he's bringing and all that and what the other guys are doing. So maybe that drops even to 17, 18, 19 on some nights. That'll be interesting. Yeah, I also think how Kuzma, if that if Kuzma's playing time really dropped. That'd be interesting. I also think, too, I mean, you mentioned Danny Green before as one of those fourth quarter options. It wouldn't shock me. If Frank Vogel goes with guys like Avery Bradley or you know KCP Caruso more, just to give them more experience and tight games that could be useful in the playoffs, because D- Danny Green has been there, right? Done and that. When you talk about load management, all that it's not it's it's Danny Green who has not shot the ball well over the last week and a half or so, and he was blistering early, and he's always been a bit of a streaky guy. But look, I mean, you got to keep him fresh and healthy because. Right. He was great last year in Toronto, but the couple of years up before that in San Antonio wasn't as good as he was last year. And you year. also don't need to prepare him for no, anything. He's, he's seen it. Exactly. So, I mean, I, I could see, you know, KCP has never been to the playoffs. Caruso has never been to the playoffs. Like, I could see Frank Vogel wanting to give those guys as many high leverage moments as possible, assuming it's responsible to put them out on the floor just to prep them for what comes ahead. Yeah, no question. Um, all right. So, the rest of the road trip. Uh, it's Miami on Friday, which is going to be, a, I think, a really entertaining game. Miami is a uh, an undefeated team on their home floor. Obviously, we mentioned the Lakers with that 12-0 mark away from the Staples Center. Something, Andy, has got to give. Indeed. I love that expression. It's my favorite expression in sports. Um, unless they just agree to tie, which would be weird. You go to Atlanta. You've got Indiana. How much stock then? And we'll have a chance to talk about it again before next week. Like, how much are you looking forward to that Milwaukee game? And really, honestly, I'm I'm also really interested in the Indiana game because the Pacers are a good team. But like next week is Indiana, Milwaukee, Denver. Sign tough. me up for some of that. Yeah, I mean it's tough. It's a good challenge for this team. It's it's 
It's what you want to see them hopefully going through and winning because mm-hmm. then you just get more and more signs, you know, to, to themselves, signs to fans, to everybody. Just like this team is as for real as their record indicates. Like they are that good. So we'll spend a little more time uh, when we come back. We'll be back in the studio for Monday's show uh, talking about those games coming up and obviously even starting to look forward to Christmas because getting close. Yes, it is. Um, yes, so it that's is. exciting, too. Um, all right. So that's that. And uh, the next thing on the list, Andy, we, we teased it a little bit on Monday's show. Everyone, I, you and I have not actually seen the Mandalorian. No, I'm behind. This I, I, there, there's a lot. This is content season right now because you're starting to get like the the award season movies. Uh, you're, there's a few TV shows that wrapped recently that if you're behind on, you need to catch up on. Like there, there's a lot happening right now. Plus, we got jobs. Like no, and and five of them. Yeah, we we both have multiple jobs, and in particular, our jobs often require us to watch other TV or, yeah, but or like, be I'm, at games. The SAG Awards, for example, came out and like and and I nominees include shows from This Is Us. Don't watch it. Uh, Morning Show, haven't seen it. That's the on the Apple TV. Uh, Game of Thrones, which I did. Stranger Things, which I did. Morning Show again. The Crown second season. No. Uh, Killing Eve, no, although it's supposed to be really good. I've seen a couple episodes and it was good. I just uh, didn't get through it. Hand, but that's kind of the point. Handmaid's yes. Tale, uh, I did watch. Kaminsky Method, I have not. Barry, you have. Love Barry. Fleabag is amazing. I have watched that. Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, I watched the first season, not the second. Uh, Dead to Me was really good. Excellent. Is there a second season of that? Or is it no, still? That, okay. this was the first So season. that's the it's one I watched. Excellent. Uh, and Schitt's Creek, which I still haven't seen. Uh, I've seen You've scattered seen, episodes. Wife My wife Creek. loves it. I, th- I think it's more cute than hysterical, but I, I get the appeal. So, but the, I mean, there's a ton yeah. Of oh yeah, and those Point don't even being, get in the shows that I love. Haven't watched The Mandalorian. Right. And what I I know two things about The Mandalorian. The first thing I know is that's not actually Boba Fett. Right. Looks like Boba. Right. Fett. It's a guy in a Boba Fett suit. S- standard issue mask. Right. That's what everybody got one of those. And uh, Baby Yoda. Yes. In addition to being adorable, I mean, really goddamn cute. You know it's really cute when nobody is complaining about it the way they did with, like, the Ewoks. Ewoks. And, like, you know, other... Well, because the Ewoks were, like, cheap. That was, like, that was... Uh, it was as if the people from Mattel or whatever were in charge of creating the character. Right, but here's the thing, though, Brian. We don't know that. For all we know, you're going to watch the Mandalorian and go, that's ridiculous. But it's that cute. It's just so cute. It's so cute but it also, that nobody it kinda, cares. It kind of makes sense because it's all baby things. Like hyenas, for example, are really ugly animals. Like when they get older, baby hyenas are cute. Sure. Like all you know, baby like elephant seals with the, the, pro, you know, the big nose thing, They're, the baby ones are cute. Ironically... The only baby things that when they begin sometimes are not cute or often aren't cute are actual babies. Some babies well, yeah, fresh like, out of the they, womb. Yeah, they, they look, look like, like old you know, people. Yeah, I mean, they look like they've been through a few rounds. Yeah, well, they have. I know. It's not easy getting out of there. I know. It's tough. <laughs> I was in the delivery room. I mean, it looks tough. You know, <laughs> big thing, small spaces. Yes. Um. So, all right, Baby Yoda is is adorable. And he's um, uh, taking the world by storm. I think it's a he. I don't know. Um, but that, okay, so that's another thing. I, I, 
my reaction to Baby Yoda is I have thousands of questions. It has unleashed a can of worms for me with the Star Wars universe that I'm not. I really are kind of are, are problematic because I, I can't stop thinking about them. You remember when Chewbacca went? You know, the first movies or so, Chewbacca's just by himself. He's yeah, like Wookie. Um, yeah, he's Han Solo's co He's Han Solo's, but like you don't see any other ones. No, but you know he's his own species. Yes, because they refer to him as a Wookie. Yes, and his name isn't Wookie. His name is Chewbacca. Right. Chewbacca is a Wookie. Yes. It it presumes that there are others. Right. Like you are a human named Brian. Right. Oh, a human named Brian. Well, it, you must be. There must be others of you. Yes. That never happened with Yoda. And when you think about it, it never occurred to me, at least. That there were other Yodai. Like, I didn't, it never occurred to me that there was more than one of these things running around the world. Maybe it should have. <laughs> you know what's funny? Have you ever, did you ever think like, there's a, there's a place somewhere where it's just filled with Yodas? <laughs> Honestly? <laughs> you didn't think of that, no, did you? No, actually, what I always assumed for a long time was that Yoda was just a really old man. Right, but like, like you know how when old people they shrink and their right, ears and then get their bigger? ears grow. No, that's I, not I how this. No, thought but Yoda now was, I'm telling you, and you're like, yeah. wait a minute, where did he come from? And it's like, sure, okay, okay. So that's one thing. Mm -hmm. Where are the rest of them? Is Yoda now? Is Yoda his species? Is that his name? Is it his first name? Is his, is is it his last name? Is his name like Todd Yoda? I I don't know. Is it is it Yoda Simpson? I don't like. If there's more than one Yoda, then what is Yoda? What is he? What does a girl Yoda look like? <laughs> is Yoda a girl Yoda? I don't know. I mean, we should not assume that. The no, original we Yoda, should not. Especially in 2019. Are, are is Yoda? Are girl Yodas like girly looking, <laughs> or? Are Yodas like some of like sea creatures that develop both organs? Do Yodas need that? I don't know. It's a big universe. Not everybody. You don't need a boy and girl for everything, right? No, I have no idea. I don't. I don't even know if. I mean, I've never even had it fully clarified again because I've not seen the Mandalorian. But I've also seen confusion on social media and whatnot. Whether or not that actually is a true Yoda, like whether or not that like this is what else is it? I don't know, but like whether but like and also how tall is Baby Yoda? Regular Yoda wasn't that tall. Regular full grown Yoda, well, unless again, was Yoda short for his for his. I don't crew? know. I mean, I don't know if also Yoda grows then shrinks as he gets older. Because again, I always assumed Yoda was kind of an old man. Well, he was when we met him. No, but I mean like an old well, man, an like old human man. Whatever the hell he is. Right. I like I never spent time like what the hell is that thing? Now? I never gave it much thought either. And neither did I. No, I was too busy listening to his wisdom. And this is I I now like but now I think about this with all of these creatures. Like where are like where do you find the rest of them? <laughs> They're scattered about, man. It's a big galaxy. It is, but like Chewbacca had a home planet. They sure. went and visited. It was all Wookiees. Look, man, I'm sure that if you go around to enough of these planets- We saw Jar Jar Binks had his own friend, like yeah, all of his little that's friends. that's what I'm saying. If you go to enough of these planets, you'll find various congregations of various species and, and different folks that we were you know, introduced to. The sand people seem to all be congregated on Tatooine and just manage to somehow function among, <laughs> the, Jawa, <laughs> among the Jawas and among the humans. 
you know, I guess some right, planet, some planets more are more than, diverse than there others. There was more than one Jawa. Sure. They were all over. Right. I, I had never given it thought with Yoda. Anyway. So, yeah, that is that is my takeaway from The Mandalorian, which I have not watched, <laughs> and Baby Yoda, who is adorable. If anybody, by the way, has answers for us. Yeah, do not, you know the... Cause I, hit us up on Cam people Brothers. People must know. Like, there are somebody Twitter. who knows the answer right, to this Hit question. us up on Twitter, at Cam Brothers. If you've got answers for the for these questions, whether just you're either a true Star Wars geek or you're just caught up on the Mandalorian, and they answer all those questions, because he goes to Dagobah, and by the and then like Luke Skywalker goes to his little isolate. Clearly, these Jedi's are loners, especially when they're feeling bad about themselves. Okay, aren't we all? But he had a home planet somewhere. Sure, he had a mom and a dad. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I or don't... did he? Wait, wait, no, maybe he didn't. I don't know. I, I have no idea. I mean, but you're right that it opens up a lot of can of worms that nobody ever thought about before. All right. All right. So now I it wish is. you had answers. <laughs> now it is. T- it seems like something you could have just Googled. But now it is time for <laughs> the annual Hallmark Christmas movie quiz. We've done this now for, I think, two or three years running. Um, both of us are really fans of these Hallmark Christmas movies more conceptually than the actual movies. I don't watch them. Well, but there's a formula, though. Oh, yeah. And the formula is really entertaining. And I've seen them. I don't watch right, them. Right, exactly. Oh, they're they're perfect for the background or perfect mm-hmm. for the background uh, with, you know, your wife or significant other who happens to enjoy these. You can put them on without it being disturbed. Do you know a girl, Yoda? <laughs> I want to sit down <laughs> exactly. and watch one of these. And what we the premise of this quiz is that the title is so obvious, it tells you the plot. So I'm going to give Brian, I have several titles of different Hallmark Christmas movies, and Brian's going to try to come up with the plot based off the title. And the point system for this is you can either get a full point if I think you pretty much nailed it, Mm -hmm. half a point if I think you're in the ballpark, but not totally on board, zero if I think you just missed it. Now, this scoring system is arbitrary <laughs> because I'm in charge of it, which in the past, Brian, has sometimes irritated you because you felt that you've gotten closer than I've given you credit. This is true. So what I've decided to do this year as a way of trying to help bump up your score is there's going to be bonus points awarded if you can guess a cast member based off a hint that I give you, which oh, okay. offers you a real opportunity, Brian, because you could completely miss and yet on the movie. still get a bonus. Right, exactly. Right. There will okay. be one. There's 12 movies total, 10 hints for cast members. So the grand total. <laughs> we're twelve of these. We're going to put a clock on it. Okay. But there's a grand total <laughs> you. of 22 maximum points that you can get. <laughs> Zero is the minimum, and then just, all I can hear now are people going fast forward, fast forward. Dude, if they stuck through the Yoda no, thing, I think they're here. No, but no, the Yoda thing. I am. I. I guarantee you, there are people who had to pull over, going, "Holy bleep! I didn't think of that." Maybe. All right. Movie number one, and again, we're going. We're going to put a clock on it. Like 20, 30 seconds, you get to guess max. All right. Picture a perfect Christmas. Picture. Picture a perfect perfect Christmas. Christmas. All right. Um, a photographer uh, goes and it, it's it's because it's Christmas season, so you have a a photographer who is noted around town, uh, and it's a small town in Vermont because it's always a small town in Vermont. And so they they're they are noted around town for taking great holiday photos. Um, 
and he, he's able to do that for everyone but his own family because he doesn't have one, Andy. Um, so he's trying to picture perfect Christmas. He's doesn't have the he, he wishes he had a family of his own, a wife, uh, children that he could participate in the holiday with. And over the course of taking these photos for people around the small village in Vermont, he, he meets a family's sister. That's oh. the timer. <laughs> <laughs> There's the timer. Yeah, he meets the families and and they 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 become uh, like the sister. They and they get married. timer went off, Brian. Yeah, they get married. I'm giving you a full point on this. I think you were close enough. All right, give it to me. A photographer. Who it is about a photographer who returns heard. home. For the holidays, hint for everybody listening, they're always returning home, uh, who returns home for the holidays to look after her grandmother, ends up lending a helping hand to a neighbor who needs assistance watching his nephew. I think you're close enough. It's actually close enough. Yeah, I think you are absolutely close enough. So you were getting one point right out of the gate. That is good. Number two. Oh, and by the way, it should be noted, uh, there was a couple titles I couldn't work in there, like Sense, Sensibility, and Snowmen. And also the earliest one, A Merry Christmas Match, which was a really dumb plot, but I just wanted to point out, this thing debuted <laughs> October 25th, six days before Halloween. That is aggressive by Hallmark. Get your mileage out of these Movie things. number two. All right. You are going to be on the clock. Double Holiday. Double Holiday. Double Holiday is about uh, a set of twin, twin sisters who... Um, again are coming back for the for the holidays and what that happens is there's a a set of twin brothers that they were always friends with and uh never really like sparked the 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 love in the relationships but this time when they come back they finally do and it, everyone lives happily ever after okay excellent that is zero points <laughs> rebecca is asked to throw her company holiday party with her office rival the catch it falls on Hanukkah. <laughs> Why is that a catch? <laughs> That's the catch. Which night? It's a double holiday. You have to account for two holidays, Brian. Oh. Yeah. Double holiday. Are there a lot of Jews in the office? <laughs> Apparently mean... so. Or maybe it's problematic because they're anti-Semites. I don't know. Uh, ooh. No, I that, don't know. Is a, that is a plot twist. <laughs> that would be aggressive. By that would be very daring right. by Hallmark. That's, you know what? I'm tired of these Jews ruining my holiday party. Yeah, that's it's the, fine that they work here, but you know what? They get eight days, and I shouldn't have to share my holiday party with them. Yeah, that would be a very aggressive, low-rated uh, Hallmark movie. Number I three. Just, I'm still kind of figure out why this is a problem. It just Add is. some latkes, toss in a menorah, just, and we're good to it's go. It's a problem. Gelt? Brian, it's a problem. Double holiday. Number three. All right. A Blue Ridge Mountain Christmas. Well, first of all, it takes place in the Blue Ridge Mountains. Um, and what you have here is a, a musician who uh, is, is famous for his rendition of Blue Ridge Mountain music. And everybody comes home and it always ends up with that and they meet people, whatever. But it's, it's basically about a musician who um, kind of entertains people and and whatnot, and, and he develops a Christmas spirit that he might not have otherwise had. <laughs> Justin under the gun. That would be zero points, Brian. Um, when do I start getting my bonus quizzes? It's coming up. Okay. Hotel manager Willow returns to her stunning Virginia hometown to help her sister plan a Christmas wedding at the inn her family once owned. She must work with current owner and single dad, David, 
who wants to let go of the past. I feel like next year I should get the titles in advance That's, and I could think about them a little no, bit. No, no. Part of the problem. You just got to think on your feet. You're the one who said they're so easy. Bonus cast member point. Here's your hint. She's all that. Rachel Lee Cook? Yes! There Ra- you go. Rachel Lee Cook is in Hallmark movies now? Rachel Lee Cook is in this Hallmark movie. Rachel so Lee you- Cook is, I mean, she's all that is one of the best examples of the idea of if we put a hot girl in overalls and glasses, nobody will notice that she's hot. Shout out to our friend Freddie Prince Jr. Movie number four, A Christmas Duet. A Christmas Duet, Brian. Oh, that's obviously a, a member of a of a chorus. Uh, what, what do you call the, the groups of people who run around like carol- carolers? Carolers. Uh, carolers are and there's their rivals and there's the the people in there and they they have to kind of sort through what is really andy sexual tension between the two of them (laughs) um and they they have to do this during the christmas season while they're doing all the singing and the whatnot and eventually what they have is a duet at the end of it where they come together both as a pairing musically and also sexually I'm going to give you half a point on this, okay. Brian. Avery and Jesse. Is it are, for saying like sexually? No, I was actually going to almost give you zero for that. <laughs> Avery and Jesse are a former music duo who went their separate ways until this year. Just in time for the annual Yuletide Festival, the two get back together and are forced to decide whether or not they'll ignite an old flame. One key to these movies, Brian, always is that people in these plots are forced to work with people that they don't want to. <laughs> That's always part of Well, the it was especially complicated after the, the Yuletide Festival also fell on Hanukkah. <laughs> <laughs> Number five. Where were you last year during the Yuletide Festival, Andy? <laughs> Christmas in Rome. Christmas in Rome. All right. Well, first of all, it's in Rome. Second of all, uh, the the there's a there's a family that they they're they have to spend time away from from their their people, um, and oh shoot, the whole thing ends up at the Vatican. It's very religious. It's a deeply religious film. That's zero points, Brian. <laughs> Independent-minded American tour guide Angela fired from her job in Rome. See, that's, just... the, that's the reason. As, as I started with the family thing, I was like, wait a minute, it can't be a family thing. It's got to be somebody in Rome by themselves. Right. Just before Christmas, Brian, she gets fired. She crosses right. paths with, with an American executive exactly. named Oliver who wants to buy a high-end Italian ceramics company, as of course, one does. As they always do. Oliver <laughs> hires Angela to be his tour guide around the Eternal City, as the owner of the ceramics company won't sell it to him until he learns the, quote, heart and soul of Rome. But there he there's another heart and soul he may win. Bonus cast member point opportunity, Brian. Your hint, party of five. Lacey Chabert. Yes, there you go, Brian. Lacey Chabert, who I believe this is like her 10th of these. This is now after Mean Girls. Notice this is how become... I was not surprised that Lacey Chabert yeah. was appearing. Lace... She used to live in a tent. <laughs> <laughs> I'm party of five, yes. That's right. Christmas Town. Christmas Town. Christmas Town. Okay, here's what this is. This is a movie about a town that's failing in a, like like the the basically like the evil landlord of the town is is you know every the industry is leaving all these other things and they actually remake the entire town to be like a Christmas place to draw in tourism uh, and save the town. And in between here, you've got like a plucky uh, plucky woman who wants to save the town who meets. Uh, a, a, a guy who might be a little cynical about that plan 
uh, a guy from around town, but she needs his help to make Christmas Town a reality. I'm going to give you half a point because I think you could be in the ballpark. Lauren Gabriel leaves everything behind in Boston to embark on a new chapter in her life and career, but an unforeseen detour to the charming town of Grandin Falls has her discover unexpected new chapters of the heart and of family. And I bet Grandin Falls is like super Christmas. Oh, it is. You know that it is. Helping her embrace once again the magic of Christmas. Christmas. Bonus cast member point opportunity. Your hint. Full house. Oh, um, the big sister. uh, Cameron. Candace Cameron. Yes, I will accept that even though it is technically now Candace Candace Cameron Cameron Bure. Or Bure. Or whatever. One and a half points, Brian. Very well done on that. No, one. she does a lot of these. Next one, Hallmark movie Hall of Fame: colon, A Christmas Love Story. Admittedly, not much to go on there. <laughs> um, Hallmark Hall of Fame. Interestingly enough, Christmas story, love story. This is a rare R-rated Hallmark film. Yes, um, tremendous nudity. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and to get it past this a little known fact about this one, to get it past the censors, the scene where the, the male protagonist and the female protagonist, uh, get together. It was, it's very, it was originally very 50 shades of gray with just more Christmas outfits and tinsel. And, uh, you know, the things you do under the mistletoe were a little too aggressive. Um, but yeah, so it's like, if you're looking for something a little racier this holiday season, this is the movie for you. That's a zero, Brian. Okay. That's nowhere close to it. Uh, I mean, it's about love. people who fall in love over Christmas. A youth choir director who needs to write a big song for the Christmas Eve show is distracted from her task when a boy with a golden voice joins her choir, which comes as a surprise to his widowed father. Bonus cast member point opportunity. That sounds stupid. Bonus cast <laughs> member point opportunity. Party of five. <laughs> Scott Wolf. Yes, there you go. Scott Wolf. I'm good at this part. Scott Wolf is in there. Well, that's why I did this. I wanted to try to give you the opportunity to raise your point total. Mary and Bright. Mary, M E R R Y, and Bright. Bright. Well, in this case, I was going to say Mary was the person, but now Bright is the person. Uh, there's a character that always means there's a character named somewhere in the title. So there's a person in this name, Bright, uh, or Brighton, or something like that. And they are not merry. They're a little sour. Uh, jobs not going well. Relationships aren't going well. And they get into the Christmas season. It's sort of like the ones where they get tied in with somebody else, like an old flame or that kind of thing, uh, and, and end up having their attitude turned around by being with this person. Um, zero. That's zero. Um. Kate, the CEO of the Marion Bright Candy Cane Company, meets Gabe during the business Christmas, busy Christmas season. She assumes Gabe is the suitor her well-meaning mother is trying to set her up with, when in reality, he works for Empire Corporate Recovery, which has been hired to take a closer look at Marion Bright's operation and find ways to make the company more profitable. As Kate and Gabe begin to this work- This is like, like a Christmas you've got mail. <laughs> it is, Kate- <laughs> I guess there's a clock on me too. As Kate and Gabe begin to work together, they find new ways to elevate the business and find they have more in common than just savvy business. I sense. bet they do. Bonus cast member point opportunity. Your hint. Full house. <laughs> oh, uh, the other one. The the other sister. Um, what's her name? 
I'm going to need a name. Oh, my kid went to school with her. I'm going to need a name. Ah! Uh, you know, she was the How Rude Girl. You get a quarter point. <laughs> you get half a point. For, I will give you half a point. It's Jody Sweet. Jody Sweet. Right. It is Jody Sweet. I will give you half a point. Christmas at Dollywood. Christmas at Dollywood. All right. Well, we're in the Smoky Mountains where, where Dollywood is. And, oh, geez. I mean, they're all sort of the same. Uh, give you a hint. Somebody returns. Dolly? <laughs> You're wasting time. <laughs> Wasting time. I'm running out of steam. I got to be the twelve is a lot. So uh, Christmas at Dollywood is uh, somebody comes home. They they leave the small smoky village town. They go to the big city uh, and they come back and rediscover what is essentially the charm of of Appalachia and their hometown roots and obviously fall in love while they're there. That's a zero um, because really the only thing you got right is Dollywood and somebody falling in love, which is a given for this. Rachel Lewis, an event planner, single mother, ditches New York City to find her roots in Tennessee while there. That she- part I got. No, no you said because she, I said she comes back. Yes. you Right. No, that's fair. You had it in reverse. She's offered an opportunity to produce a show for the 20th anniversary of the Smoky Mountain Christmas Festival at Dollywood. The only problem, she's paired with the very single head of operations who thinks he can handle the party just fine on his own. Luckily, Dolly Parton saves the day. Bonus cast member hint. Dolly Parton. The Wonder Years. Danica McKellar. Yes. Okay. So you got Dana McKellar. Winnie Cooper. Oh, she is Winnie in this Cooper. movie. Oh, you Winnie Cooper. Christmas at Graceland. Home <laughs> for the holidays. <laughs> How many more of these? Just a couple more. Oh. <laughs> You, like, you you find this more entertaining now than I do. Well, I also have a point system set up. <laughs> All right, Even Christmas at Graceland. Rules, now I'm going back with the, the I'm going to go back with the same one. The uh, this time somebody leaves Memphis and comes back um to and now if Elvis comes and saves it, I'm going to be very impressed. But uh it, it's the it's it, it, you know what? It's the ghost of Elvis. That helps these this uh, couple get back together. <laughs> That's zero. <laughs> World traveler Harper returns to Memphis for the holidays and nannies for wealthy widower Owen while awaiting news about a job overseas. As they grow close, Harper encourages Owen to break out of his routine, spend more time with his children, while Owen encourages... Every single character when they name him sounds like they're in witness protection. While Owen All encourages Harper to have more confidence, Harper and Owen prepare for a joint event at Graceland featuring a fundraiser for owen's company and an elvis at christmas exhibit harper is producing they develop feelings for each other harper realizes just how much she enjoys living near her family and must decide whether her home for the holidays will be her forever home bonus i should get a quarter point for getting the part about the girl who comes back home she grew up there and she comes back okay you you know what i'll give you half a point for thanks bonus cast point member opportunity your hint entourage entourage turtle that is incorrect. It is Adrian Grenier's character. So that is Which not Turtle. That? Not Turtle. I never watched Entourage. Double, well, well, but you know who he is. Double bonus cast point opportunity. There's another cast member in here. Your hint, the daughter of Graceland. Lisa Marie Presley? Wrong daughter. Priscilla Presley. Oh! Wait, was Lisa Marie was the... Was Priscilla... She was the daughter? Or was she the... I thought Priscilla was the wife. Was she the wife? Yeah. Oh, I should have known that. You know what? I'm going to give it to you. If I gave you the wrong, is Priscilla Presley was actually the wife and not the daughter. And I think you're correct. 
I will give it to you. Because that's my fault. Uh, as you look, actress specimen married to Elvis. Okay, from you, then you get it. You get it. I was wrong. Next, next to there's two left. Christmas in Montana. Christmas in Montana. Um, all right. <sighs> Small town Montana. Um, you know what? Uh, uh, city slicker has to come in here and do Christmas out there, out uh, isolated, away from their typical Christmas. Uh, accoutrement. It's a, a an executive type who is used to this sort of thing. Uh, is, is sent out there for some sort of businessy type reason. Has to uh, have a rustic, traditional uh, Christmas in Montana, where he thinks it's going to suck, but it doesn't because there's a girl there that he meets and falls in love with. You overcomplicated it, Brian. Zero. Remember, Christmas in Montana. The only thing to do in Montana is be on a ranch. Right before the holidays, Sarah heads to Montana to help Travis save his ranch. While there, she Again, learns. they all sound like they're witness protection. She learns firsthand the magic of Christmas. Bonus cast point member opportunity. By the way, all of these people are white. Oh, Travis, God, yes. Harper, <laughs> God, yes. Dylan. Absolutely. There's maybe in every other one of these a sassy black friend, female. An SBF. Your, your hint. ER, brutal death. ER, brutal death. Oh, uh, what's her face from uh, also was on um, the show with Corky. Can you remember her name? Oh, God. Because uh, I remember this episode blew was, you away. Tough. I remember <laughs> this episode tough. killed you. Oh, that was tough. Uh, what's her name? What's her name? What's her name? And the name of the show, what, what was the name of that show? With Corky? Yeah. Life Goes On. Life Goes On. But I'm, I'm, I got the right actress. I believe so. Um, I cannot remember her name. Kelly Martin. Kelly Martin. Damn it. Final one. Christmas on my mind. Christmas on my mind. Well, it's a psychologist uh, played by somebody else on one of these shows. And um, they're, they're seeing patients and they develop like sort of a certain cynicism around the Christmas season. Um, but then during Christmas, when they have to go back and they, you know, they're kind of back home and, and, and things are they, they, they discover through people who are uh, loving the holidays and things like that, they rediscover the Christmas spirit. I'll give you half a point for that. A bump on the head, an unexplained wedding dress, and a temporary short-term amnesia lead Lucy Lovett on a search for truth about her breakup with longtime sweetheart Zach Callahan. She returns to Bedford Harbor, Maine, for the town's annual Christmas celebration and rediscovers the woman she used to be, what matters most, and a Christmas miracle that can bring love back that was once thought to be lost forever. Your bonus cast member point opportunity the hint, 227. Oh, right after we just criticize these people for not putting black people on the show. Oh, is it you just choose the white cast member from 227? Um, oh, what's her name? Come on. Come on. You're going to uh, be uh, Jack K. Harris. Yes, there you go. The Thank ultimate you. sassy black friend, Jack K. I was setting this up. That, the, all, I mean, the entire 12 episodes. No, thing. no, just that hint. Okay, good. All right. Um, and she was stabbed, Kelly Martin. 
Yes. Oh, it was brutal. And she was stabbed by another person. It was actually a, a guest star, and I'm trying to remember the name of the actor who did the stabbing, but it was another person you see in a lot of things, but she got stabbed. No, that-, that She and Noah Wiley both got stabbed. No, that episode was absolutely devastating. If you were a, an ER fan, that thing killed you. Out of a grand total- Probably could have said that better. Out of a grand total of 22 possible points, according to my math, you got 10.5. Is that good? Well, it's mostly guest stars. <laughs> <laughs> Is that good? It was not one of your stronger years in predicting plots, I got to be honest. You've typically done better at In this. fairness, I think they've really done a better job of kind of making them a little bit, like those were not quite as given away by the title as they've been in years past. No. Uh, some, some of those were a little tricky. It's true. And again, I, don't, I didn't have a Paul Sabrisky. Sabricki, um, who you've seen before. He's in a lot of different things. Well, anyway, though, that is the annual Christmas uh, Hallmark movie. There's also two, by the way, in doing my research, I came to realize, my God, has this become a cottage industry that has expanded across different networks, like Netflix is now into this thing. Like, I narrowed it down just strictly to Hallmark movies because that's always been traditionally our quiz. But if I had really just... Oh no! I, 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 honestly, I think I think you should have done more. I think oh, we should have done twenty. I'm de- I'm just saying I could have had way more just to choose from. It's amazing how big this thing has gotten. Probably because they're so easy to write. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're not hard to come up with. Frankly, no. we should have been doing. Well, this. I was exhausted by the end. We're like twelve is a lot. Well, we've typically done around that many. I don't know. I'm, t- I'm tired now. I'm older now than I used to be. Um, all right, so the Lakers will be back on the floor Friday, um, and then we will be back on Monday to preview what is going to be a really fun week of Lakers basketball. Um, so, you know, two games in between there. We'll see what happens on Friday. They ought to win Sunday in Atlanta. I mean, I realize the day extra day off in Atlanta. Never quite know what's going to happen, but the the Hawks really genuinely suck. So uh, we'll see what happens there. And we'll be back with the next episode of the Magic Hour in a few days. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. 